0: Chelik Yudalet, volume 14 of the second Sicha for Devarim. This is a Rashi Sicha, and in this Sicha we're going to encounter, or perhaps refamiliarize ourselves, with several important rules in Rashi. Number one, if Rashi doesn't explain something, which at first glance would seem to be problematic, then it becomes obvious that either A, by carefully reading, understanding the Pasuk, one can answer it on their own, and therefore Rashi has no need to explain it to us. Or B, and here's another rule, that at times Rashi doesn't explain something that needs to be explained because he had already explained it in the past. And therefore, Rashi relies on the fact that the student who is studying this Pasuk, this subject, had already studied the previous Rashi, and therefore he relies on that. So he doesn't repeat himself if it's unnecessary. Another interesting rule is that sometimes there seems to be a point, which is not the main point, but there seems to be something that needs to be explained, and yet Rashi doesn't explain or he doesn't elaborate on, and sometimes the reason could be not because it's unnecessary, but because later on in the more appropriate place, Rashi will explain it and explain it on a more deeper level. In other words, give it the attention that it really deserves. So he waits for that place, especially if it's in a near distance, not that long off. Just as an interesting note, that in this sicha we encounter a very uh, special touch of the Rebbe on learning Rashi. Because the question that the Rebbe is going to ask in this Sikha is not, so to speak, the Rebbe's invention. The Rebbe didn't come up with the question, so to speak. The question is actually repeated in many, in various different types of meforashim on all levels. And the rabbi actually references to them in the, in the footnote. But the approach of the rabbi is, you see how strongly the rabbi is about this idea, this, fa- this fact that the rabbi establishes that rashi is pshuto That means even though you can explain it this way and that way and the other way, that's not rashi. That's everything else. That's good as its place, but we are focused on Rashi, which is synonymous with Pshutei Um, Just as a note, in order to better understand the Sicha and to be able to flow through it better, I would advise that you take a moment now, pause the video, and learn the Psukim. Just go through the Psukim, the narrative, so you have a clear picture. In Devarim, it means in our Parsha, Perik Aleph, Chapter 1, Psukim, Chafbeis through Lametes, which is 22 through 39 and especially focusing on Lamed Daled through Lamed Ches, which is 34 through 38, and go back to Bamidbar in chapter 20, Perik sukim Psukim, Zion through Gimel, Psukim, uh, the 7th through 13. Let's go to Ayin Aleph inside, and then we'll try to learn as much as we can inside. Okay, Doi upon him it was already sp- discussed and spoken about several times, Ki Darka Yisharashi Bipirusha Latoidahi, that Rashi's manner, Rashi's way in his approach in his pirush on the Torah, lefarish kol over hakosha to explain, call, The Rebbe emphasizes the word call in italics. Everything, every single matter that's that's difficult, that's understand, that needs understanding, or built in movement that's not under- that needs understanding, v'pshutish Rashi And the matters that seem to need a clarification, an explanation. But however, Rashi does not explain them. This itself is proof that according to Rashi's opinion, number one, move on in the pashtus that they're understood in a very simple, basic level. You can understand it, self-understood. To the extent that Rashi has no need to explain it. He'd just be wasting his time. And two... In the parentheses, Or perhaps they already understood according to what Rashi had previously explained. alpiza that's the Rashi Tevis here, the acronym, Alpiza, according to this. The next acronym is According to this, we need to understand. A very great question, but he says, It's like an astonishment. It's like, wow, what's going on here? That comes up as one learns the pashtus, the Psukim in our parsha. That there are many several or many, you can say, uh, commentaries in the Torah make an effort to try to explain it. And you, if you look in the in the footnote three, you see it's the barbanel, the ramban, the sverna, the kliyaka, the rachaim, and many more. Vidafkarashi. And from all of them, Rashi, who is the Rashi, he is like the, the head, he is like the, the leading force in Shamikra, he doesn't say anything about it, doesn't even comment on it. The fact that all of them ask the question and they try as we use the expression, they tire themselves to try to find some you know, explanation or rationale to make it understood, it tells you that it's an important question, that it's a problem. And yet Rashi ignores it like it doesn't even exist a problem. And here's the question. In our Moshe gives the narrative and at length about the whole story of the Miraglin, the and the decree the, um, the, the that happened as a result, and, uh, you know, what happened to, the, to that generation that had to let, die off in the Midbar. And he says, quote, He says that Hashem swore, if, meaning they won't, the people of this generation will not see this beautiful land, this good land, and they're going to die off here. And then he continues in the next Pasuk, and he continues, Zulasi except for, with the exception of he will see it, and he will inherit the land. He will get his part in the land. And the Pasuk says, because since he went after Hashem, he went in Hashem's ways, and he stood up for Hashem's honor, then, it digresses. It takes like a, a pause. And the i emphasized the word of mafsik. It pauses from the narrative. The Aimer, and it says, quote, Gambi, Sanaf Hashem, leimer, And then the verse says, these are Moish's words, quote, Also on me Hashem became angry because of you. And he said, you shall not come to there. You shall not enter the land. The hafsik. And after this pause, after he digresses, he goes back, and he goes right back to the narrative of the story, continues the story of the miraglim, And he says, quote, Yeshua binun, who stands before you. These are the words of Hashem. Now, Moish is quoting, he will come there and he will have him inherit the land, et etc. And then he says, and your children, which you were concerned about, that they're going to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, fodder for the, for the enemies, they're going to come there, they're going to inherit it. At first glance, there's a tremendous question here. Why does he interrupt why does he stop the narrative in the middle of the narrative of the Meraglim and tell us about himself something that happened to him? Quote, As if, in other words, the way he sticks it in, in the middle of the story of Meraglim, it would seem as if he's implying That also the the punishment that was imposed on Moshe, that he cannot come to the land, has some connection to the story of the Meraglin. Because he's interjecting into the story of the Maraglan, into the decree, into Hashem's word, what's going to happen to the people of that generation, that they're going to die off, and that Kalib is going to go, but not him. He seems to to insert it in a way that seems to give off the impression that it has some connection. The question is, And then I'm emphasizing, the is explicitly written in the passage. The reason why it was decreed upon Moshe, and likewise Aaron, that he cannot go into Eretz Yisro, which is, This is the, the sin of the river when they hit the stone in the waters of Merivah. And it says, it says there clearly, it says in the Pesach, because you do not uh, believe in me, you do not fully believe in me. Therefore, you're not going to bring this congregation to this to the promised land. So the question is, how does this come into the middle of the story of the miraculous? Why does he insert it here in the middle? Ubifrat. And especially if you consider that if you think about it chronologically in time, the story of the Meraglim that he is telling them about now and the story of hitting the stone, it happened in a distance of about 40 years span. How does one come to the other? They're distant from one another in like 40 years. That the, the story of the Meraglim was very close to when they left Mitzrayim true a year later and that's when he says in parentheses Hashem decreed one day per year one day that the Meraglim were out there scouting and that amounted to a year of the punishment and that's why it was a total of 40 years Hashem kind of counted the first year he calculated in, in the punishment Oh my son. The story of Meimidiva happened when? Towards the end of the 40 years. Miriam had already passed away. That's why they had the problem with the, with the rock. They didn't have the water. And that's when he hid it, which is carved. Let's see, this is close to the end of the 40 years. And here, the Ramban says, that the Messiah has given us the name of Meimidiva, who is the name of Meimidiva, and the name that Moshe said it, the reason why he inserted that Ramban comes up with an interesting answer, that since Moshe wanted to give them, describe to them, all the preventers, all the matters, all the agents that held back those, whoever those were, whether it was the people or Moshe himself, for not being able to go into Yisrael. So he kind of throws it in because it's related, and that seems to be the connection according to the Ramban, because they couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael, they'd already died off. I too, as I speak to you now, says Moisha, I'm not going into Eretz Yisrael because I'm going to pass away here because of another sin, but it's connected because it has a commonality. It's like a common thread. These are the things that hold back the individual from going to Eretz Yisrael or the collective individuals, which is the, 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 the community, the crowd, the, the people.. says it's a nice answer but the Rebbe emphasizes the word pshutai. According to pshat, according to the simple, basic meaning of the Pasik, you cannot explain this. All. Why? Number one, key. Aleph, number one. Haksovim This The, the Pasik right before it, and the Pasik right after this mention of the hitting the stone, is talking about the miraglim. And why, what sense is there, according to shuti Shemikra, that Dafke in middle to insert right smack in the middle of the narrative of the discussion of the Miraglim, the story of the Miraglim and the punishment that that resulted to smack to, to bring this in. Yes, there's a common thread. Wait till the end and say, by the way, there's another issue that's similar and that has to do with me personally that I'm going to go into too Yisrael. But why? That doesn't explain why he stuck it right in the middle. And base number two. The people who died because of the Miraglim, they died prior to the story of hitting the stone. As Rashi clearly stated there, that the people who were supposed to die in the Midbar had already died. And all these that I hear were designated to live, and they're going into Eretz and according to this it's really difficult to understand what he said quote that you said let's send people meaning that he's speaking to them not about the people in the past but if you're going to explain it that he connected the two so he's speaking to them he's telling them something about them and that is evident from the fact that he continues in this pasuk, B, His son of Hashem, when he says, Hashem got angry at me because of you. So if the because of you in this pasuk is you, those present in front of him, those who are going to go into Israel, those who are designated for life, then you have to go back to the beginning of the narrative where he says, quote, I sent the Meraglin because you asked for it, that he's also speaking to them present. In the same discussion, you don't speak to, you know, as, as people, as third party and then the same word, the same type of word, to mean them. That this seems to imply that these are the people that he's speaking about. But these are not the people that did the Chetam Araglim. These are their children. These are the people that did not do the Chetam Araglim. So how does this all fit in? In other words, the Ramban's answer is true, but it doesn't hold water according to Peshut And number three, the Fizeh, According to this, if anything, even if there was a reason to insert in the middle of the story the miraglim, it would make sense to put it in, not between Khalif and Yehoshua, but put it in before. When he says that, listen, Hashem decreed that those people are not going to go into Atisal, that's when he should have said. Oh, by the way, also, I am not going in because of you or because whatever sin. If there is a connection, according to the Rambam's Rambam's explanation. But why here? And not put it in after he already mentions those who will be going in that Yisrael, namely Kalev, then jump and say, by the way, I'm not. It's like he's going back to the not, to those who are not going in. In other words, if the Rambam was correct, According to Pshut HaShemikra, he should have like compartmentalized it. He should have first spoken about those who are not going in, and then those who are going in, namely of Yeshua and those that he's speaking to. But he doesn't do that. He seems to be jumping back and forth. There's got to be a better explanation, according to Pshut HaShemikra. So the next few, I see, is so the next few chapters. We'll try to paraphrase. And that the, 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 we'll, we'll do it as follows. No, let's, let's go through chapter 2. The Rebbe says that there are those m'farshim, that they try to explain that what is Moshe, what did Moshe Rabbeinu mean when he said, quote, Hashem also got angry at me because of you, because of you. That Moshe was saying that because of you, he's talking about those people that had initiated the whole story of the Miraglim. That's the you that he's talking about. And what Moshe is implying is that you know why I'm not going in Terzizor? Because it was decreed upon them. Because of the terrible sin that they did with the Chetamiraglim. Well, I was part of it too. Not because of my own doing. I was kind of schlepped into it against my better judgment. But unfortunately, I had a part in it and therefore, I was also getting the brunt of it. I was getting punished alongside them. That's what some Mefarshim, you know, that's what some sh- sh- Mepharsham some tried to explain. Of course, the argument that, uh, one second, doesn't it say clearly in the Torah that the reason Moshe Rabbeinu is not going to Eretz is because of hitting the rock? Well, those Mepharsham explained that it's really a combination of both. It's kind of like it started then by the Meraglim, already Hashem had decided he's not going to Eretz and that clinched it. Okay. Nice explanation, says the Rebbe. But that's not Shutisha Mikra, Certainly not according to Rashi, because Rashi emphatically had stated that the only reason that the that Moshe Rabbeinu did not go into Eretz Yisrael was only because of this. Rashi uses the expression Shelo that the Torah makes a point to emphasize. And to highlight that there wasn't anything in them, meaning there was no other sin, Moish Aaron, other than this sin, this sin, meaning, namely the 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 sin of the hitting of the rock. Therefore, you can't come and say according to Pshuta Shemikra, and certainly not according to way Rashi learns Tzaddik Shemikra, that it's also the Chetam Araglim was a combination and so on. So still, we need an explanation. What is going on over here? What is happening? So the Rebbe says we can try to answer it in the following manner we can try to say that perhaps the, the reason Hashem, uh, the reason why Moshe inserts the sin of hitting of the rock together with Chetam Araglim is just to highlight, to emphasize perhaps that both of them are equally severe. In other words, really he doesn't belong here. Really he shouldn't have mentioned it here. Has no place here. But he wants to show us that the severity of hitting the rock was the same is as severe a sin as going back almost forty years, thirty-nine and something years ago, when they did the chetamiraglim. Says the Rebbe, that is also not a good answer. Although we do find sometimes that the Torah brings two distinctively different things, but it brings them together in order to point out. That they have a commonality in terms of the sever- severity, that they are important. For example, when we said, why did it say, speak about the passing of Miriam near Paraduma, one had nothing to do with the other, happened in two separate times. So Rashi says it to tell us that just like the Paraduma's machaper, the passing of Sadiqim and machaper, and so on. There's other examples that ever brings in the Sikha. That's a very good explanation, but that cannot be the answer here. Why? Because in this particular case, we do not need the Torah to point out, certainly not to have to emphasize this, that the hitting of the rock was a terrible sin. That it's way up there, that it's a severe thing. You know why? Because it's obvious. Look at the story. It was a chilo Hashem. It was done in front of everyone. It was done in front of everyone. It, w- it was something that was out there in the public. And that's, by the way, the reason that that Hashem got upset with them because it was obviously an affront to Hashem. And number two, if that's what it was referring to, if it's referring to specifically the severity of the sin, mention the sin, don't just say it, you know, in in, in blind words, in, 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 in camouflaged words, also me Hashem get angry because of you. Because of what? So the Rebbe comes to the conclusion, and this is chapter four, that Here's the way we have to look at the whole thing. And it will make all sense according to Pshuta Shemikra, And therefore we'll also understand why Rashi did not say anything. What was Moshe telling them? He was reminding them about this terrible sin. Now certainly all these people have heard about it. they heard it from the parents. They've seen their parents pass away. They know what happened. But he's reminding them like he's reminding them about everything else that took place. And he tells them, look, those people Hashem decreed will not be going into Eretz except... For two. Two individuals who not only were, you know, it, complicit because they existed at the time and they were part of the complainants. They were one of the key players. They played a role in the whole sin. Namely, Caliph and Yeshua. They were part of the 12 Miraglim. So the two of them are going to get to show, And the two of them are going to get their part But here comes something interesting. Caliph is going into Eretz Yisroel. is not only going into Eretz he's also going to lead them into Eretz Yisroel. He's also going to be Moshe's successor. So it's not just these two are going into Eretz it's this one is going into Eretz and this second one is going in on a whole totally different level. And this is why Rosh, Moshe has to put in what's called a a parenthetical explanation or a clarification that, by the way, the reason why the next party, the next individual that I'm going to mention, why he's not only going in, but he's going to be different, the reason why he stands out is not because of the chet per se, not because of this sin per se, rather Because of something else. But the reason why Moshe is saying it here is to explain. It's kind of preface what he's going to say about Yahushua. That not only is he going into Israel, but he's also going to be the leader. And for that, what does he say? Oh, I was also decreed upon. It was decreed upon me by Hashem that I'm not going into Yisrael. that I am going to remain here. Now we understand. When we get to the next Pasek, we understand why Yeshua is not only going into Eretz Yisrael, but he's also going to be the leader. Why does he say the word, chem, when he says here, chem, and remember that's one of the questions we had, because of you, is it the same because of you as he said before or not? No, we hear he's speaking to them. But he could say that without jeopardizing the meaning of what he meant before, because of you which over there, because of you, didn't mean you, those present in front of me, but you and third party, those from before, you as a general term for B'nai Yisrael. But in this case, it's parenthetical. So he can be changing, so to speak, the subject matter. He's changing the, the, the topic a little bit because it's a parenthetical, a maimer ha And therefore, he could, he has, so to speak, the poetic justice justice, to be able to change it slightly and say, no, I mean you. And that was you. The people standing in front of him were the ones who instigated and the ones who got him angry, what led him to hit that stone. Now everything makes sense. But it makes sense. You don't need even Rashi to explain it to us. However, the question is, if that's the case, Rashi should have really explained to us, what Moshe meant with Biglalchem, because of you? What does it mean because of you? It's because of what he did. He is the one who hit the stone. They didn't hit the stone, right? What does it mean when he says Biglalchem? So the truth is that Rashi actually does explain it in verse Khanan, where it, it discusses in detail. The, the story of, 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 the, of hitting the rock, more detail, over there, Rashi does go into it, and he even brings the Pasuk of in Tehillim, that it says, that they, meaning the Yidden made Hashem, ang- they angered Hashem by the waters of Meriva, and Hashem got angry on his two beloved ones, Moish and Aaron. So, he says poetically into Tehillim. Why didn't Rashi explain that here? If this is the, Mention, and this is what Beglachim is going on. Rashi is he's pointing out this to you why doesn't Rashi say it? So, Ebba says, and here we see another rule in Rashi that because this is not the main place where this story is being discussed. Remember, he's now in the beginning of the narrative. He's in the beginning of the 40 years, or at least closer to the beginning, closer than to the end. That story is going to talk about later. After he's going to mention, you know, the Matan Torah and everything else, he's going to go take quick forward, fast forward that is, to the end of the 40 years and remind them what they caused by them angering Hashem and them instigating and, and revving up his anger and that's when he came to hit the stone. So over there is the main place where it discusses it, so over there, and that's not only there, it's in the next parasha, So it's not that long off, Rashi relies on the fact that he'll explain it here. here it's only parenthetical, so Rashi doesn't go into it. So we've come to learn how this makes sense according to and Vikra and some new rules in Rashi.